There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Coming up today on The Story. What I am trying to get, I guess, a message, you know, in the book and now for me as a human being in this world, in this life, is just like, know who you are, love who you are, know that you're worthy and you have something to offer and to give to another soul who's in need and who's crying out for help. You may be that one person that brings another person closer to God. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, last time, Sherry Hall shared with us about growing up in the United States during the civil rights era of the 1960s. She described herself at the time as being illegitimate, poor and biracial. Not surprisingly, she was confused about her identity and searching for unconditional love. Also, she shared how she was a successful doctor for 25 years but always felt like this wasn't where she was supposed to be. Meanwhile, she had a deep yearning to express herself through music and creativity. Today, we'll find out how she finally finds true fulfilment. Once again, she's chatting with Eric Scadabo from her home on the Gold Coast. Sherry Hall, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. Glad to have you with us once again. And when we ended last time, you had just gotten that recognition. A very successful musician said, yes, you have musical talent and you really need to express that talent. So that was kind of what happened. And that person that you met was the keyboardist for the B-52s. And you met him back in the 1990s. Is that right? That's correct. And you know what's funny? Because so much passed between the time Paul and I met for the first time and the Mm -hmm. time that we reconnected in 2012. Mm -hmm. During that time, I had left America. I left my really high power, well paying job as a cardiac anesthetist in South Florida. And I came to Australia for the first time ever. Yeah, why did you come to Australia? Good question. So I was looking for a way out. I was in a job, my first job out of medical school and residency in a practice in South Florida, and I was extremely unhappy. Mm. Guess what, though? I was making the big bucks. I Mm. was living in a condo right on the beach of Boca Raton. I drove Mm -hmm. a BMW. Oh, you're living the life. Yep. I had a pro tennis player boyfriend, and I was living the dream. Mm. (laughs) Right? Or so people would think. Yeah. That's right. This is what I had ascribed to since I was like 10 years old. I had it right then and there. But the truth is, Eric, I was miserable for so much of it. And only after two years, mind you, this is my first job as a doctor, paying me everything I'd ever dreamed of. Mm. Two years and I already decided I needed out. 
And Mm -hmm. that's how I ended up going to Australia. I found a wonderful company that placed physicians internationally, and they found a job for me in beautiful Cairns, Queensland. Now, at this time, this is in 1998, uh, Cairns was still kind of a developing area, and it was considered an area of need Mm -hmm. in northern Queensland as Mm -hmm. far as physicians needed there. So I was hired to work there as an anesthetist for one year, and Mm -hmm. that is where I met and married my Australian husband. Now, we had two amazing, beautiful children. We created a life for each other. We actually created even more wealth together by building houses together. Ended up settling on the Sunshine Coast. But unfortunately for us, we did grow apart during Mm. that marriage and Mm. it didn't last. And 10 years later, we got divorced. And that is probably one of the saddest moments of my life because I always wanted to be married. And obviously being a product of a family that was not made of that matrimonial union um, affected me desperately and Mm, I didn't want the same for my children. Mm -hmm. However, though, coming to Australia was another big part of the change of my life. So when I started to work with Paul Gordon again, I had actually traveled back to America to work in the States again because despite living in Australia, the Australian exchange rate, (laughs) believe it or not, was not sufficient for me to be able to pay off my student loans. Oh, so you still had those debts going all the way back to university. Right, Mm -hmm. right. So we had some debt and of course, working with my husband to build some wealth together was a good thing. But then after the divorce, that all kind of went belly up and Mm. I didn't want to be here anymore. So we went back to the States. But for me, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because Mm -hmm. that's how I ended up coming in contact with Paul Gordon. So there you go. Now, once Paul and I got together, we actually started working on my first album. And what I came to realize very quickly when writing this album is that the songs of Perfect Love, which is the title of my first album, very clearly told the story of my marriage, some other relationships that I've had, and my actual coming to the realization that God was in my life and that He knew Mm. that I was good enough just as I was. And Paul was very much a part of me coming to that acknowledgement in my life. So that's a theme going back to your childhood. Absolutely. Of not feeling good enough. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know if that comes from me or if it came from the people in my life who were educating me and trying to mold me or shape me into the human that I've become today. But it was only when I recognized that there was a divine presence in my life. It was only when I realized and started listening, really listening to the lyrics of my songs, that I understood that God was there all along, Mm. that the road and the journey that I was taking may have been a hard one. I may have struggled every step of the way, Mm -hmm. but there was a bigger plan working here for me. Mm. I just didn't know it, and I Mm. just wasn't inviting it in. I wasn't acknowledging that, wow, 
there is this presence that has his hand on my life, that has his hand on my heart and my soul. And that is why I am here in this moment at this time writing these songs, singing this music, creating these beautiful melodies with my angel. (laughs) And I refer to Paul as my angel because Paul himself was a very deeply spiritual man, actually. Mm. He was the son of an evangelical preacher. Mm. Uh, He was devoutly spiritual and Christian and wanted to let me know that whether I knew it or not, God was present in my life. Mm. And and he was there every day, all the time. Mm. And you went through some challenging times with the death of your parents? Well, I mean, yeah, how does one deal with back-to-back deaths of your parents? Um, mm, yeah. I think we all, you know, as, as our the population gets older and we all experience death and dying. My father passed away in 2005, which was very hard for me because, of course, I wasn't there. I mm. was in Australia, mm-hmm. and my dad is very much the heart and soul of the music and spirituality that's within me. Mm. And then my mom passed away shortly after that in 2007 of a very rare disease, and 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 she was young. She was only 64. Yep. And I felt that there were still so many things that my mom and I hadn't resolved from mm. my youth. Yeah. So that was really a bittersweet ending to her life as well. Mm. And for me too, I had to reconcile a lot of feelings and emotions after she passed away. And, and you know what? It's been 14 years now since my mom passed away, and she's still very much a part mm. of my thought process on a daily basis. So that kind of uh, got you searching, but then also at that point, God is now in your life. Yes. Did your faith in the Lord help you through those challenging parts? Absolutely, because what happened was I finally began to acknowledge that he was there, mm. and I started asking for help. I actually started to have a conversation with Jesus on a regular mm. basis. I started reading the New Testament. I started finding out more about this man who could infuse bread and life and water into me in such a way that I would no longer be craving and just asking and begging to be loved and recognized Mm. and honored for the beautiful human being that I was. And it was through this process of starting to have a daily conversation with him uh, that it actually came to a point where a friend of mine here in Australia said to me, hey, Sherry, why don't you come to church with me one day? Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, Eric, even though I was raised Catholic, and even though I went through many, many years of searching for a spiritual home during my teen years, Mm -hmm. I never found a church home. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that for me is I began to feel church within myself, right? Mm. (laughs) I was reading daily. I was absorbing the word daily. I read about Jesus walking up onto the mountain and praying by himself. And I felt I was communicating on a daily basis now with my higher power. But when she asked me to come to church, and it was actually here at Calvary Church in Budrum at the bottom of the hill, Mm -hmm. I reluctantly and I do say reluctantly because my previous experiences in Catholic school <laughs> were not necessarily happy days. I went with her. And it was on that day when Preacher Dan, the Pastor Dan, asked, as most services do at the end, if there's anyone here who feels that they need to welcome and accept Jesus into your life and you would like to come up and do that with us today now's your chance. And of course, I don't know what came over me. 
but I'll call it the Holy Spirit because it was a Holy Spirit kind of moment. I mm. was crying. Mm. I was overwhelmed with emotion. And I walked, mm. I raised my hand high in the air and I walked straight up to that platform there in front of where he was standing. And I said, yes, please, please, Jesus, I need you. I want you mm. in my life. I can't explain to you the outpouring of emotion and almost peace. It was peace. Mm. I think that's the best way for me to describe it. I felt that all the years, all the struggle, all the turmoil, all the confusion, all the lack of identity, all the searching for an unconditional love had all culminated for me mm. in that moment, that moment right there. Yeah. And I felt so light and happy and joyful and truly, truly blessed. And honestly, from that day forward, I'm not going to say that I'm a perfect human being because mm. I am still human. Mm. But from that day forward, the path was very clear for me and my purpose became much clearer to me. listening to the story. Our guest today is once again Sherry Hall, who's the author of the book Perfect Love, One Woman's Journey from Flesh to Faith, a musical memoir. As we just heard, Sherry finally found the perfect love she'd been searching for her whole life when she put her faith in Jesus Christ. Next, we'll hear how she finally finds a fulfilling career while being a blessing to others. All that and more is coming up when we return. The Story if this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Sherry Hall, who's the author of the book, Perfect Love, One Woman's Journey from Flesh to Faith, a musical memoir. Before the break, we heard how Sherry put her faith in Jesus. Now we'll hear what happened next in her life. It was over the next couple of years following that where I actually made the decision that I was going to retire from medicine. I was no You're finally going to get out of that thing that you don't like I to do. I am. <laughs> I am. Oh, my goodness. How many years did it take me? But I finally accepted that this was not making me happy. This life that I was leading, this false fraudulent life, this is aspirations towards money and possessions and, mm, and, yeah. and wealth was not bringing me the joy and the love that I was searching for. And the day that I retired from medicine and made the commitment to follow my heart, to follow the music, to follow my creative soul, wherever that would bring me, including obviously now writing a book, and then to allow myself 
love through my words, through my music, through the effervescence that I now carry with me. And I yeah. think people will tell you, yeah. you know, when they're in my presence, they're like, what drug are you on, right? <laughs> and I'm so happy and proud to say I'm not on a drug anymore. The only addiction I have is to Jesus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can be the bubbly self that you truly are. I can. And you know what's amazing about that, Eric, is that as soon as I made that decision, so many amazing things changed in my life. You felt that you weren't good enough. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. I mean, talk about being able to contribute and provide value to other people's life. I know I am good enough as I am, just mm, as amen. I am. Amen. Crazy, frizzy, curly hair and all. <laughs> just the way you are. Just the way I am. Um, but what happened is, believe it or not, I started volunteering at uh, our local Christian radio station and becoming mm. a, a radio announcer, highlighting Australian Christian artists across the country. Oh, yeah. I started working working at my children's school, which was a Christian school, and I worked as a teacher assistant in the creative and performing arts department, oh, and had, uh, you know, helped run the choir for the students and had an incredible joyful impact on the lives of the students that I touched on a daily basis there. Yeah. I recorded my fourth album with a producer here on the Sunshine Coast, and I think it is the most beautiful, the most authentic, uplifting piece of artistic work that I've ever written before. Uh, there's no question about the content of the album mm. or what the message is that I'm throwing out there into the world. And then, of course, you know, I had the opportunity to perform all over Australia in my very first professional theatrical production. Oh. You know, something I'd craved doing for my whole entire life. <laughs> and Sounds like you're having fun. <laughs> oh, I can't even tell you the amazing, wonderful ways my life has changed. And then to actually sit and put that all down now in a book and to mm. write my testimony, to write that confession in the hopes that people who are reading this story and this mm. struggle will understand that no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done in your life, there is still an opportunity for grace and for peace and forgiveness, not only for yourself, but for others, um, for to others, okay? And then, you know, now it's brought me to a, a point where I'm getting married. I'm going to be getting married soon. Oh, congratulations. I, I met the most divine, beautiful man, so I will be getting married. I work now in aged care, so I work with our really beautiful senior population here on the Sunshine Coast as a lifestyle officer, if you can believe that. What, what is a lifestyle um, officer? So, you know what, Eric? My heart is a servant heart. Mm -hmm. I want to give, I want to share, I want to bring joy into the lives of other human beings. And that's what I do on a daily basis now mm -hmm. working in the aged care home. I sing for them. I hold prayer groups for them. I play bingo and do <laughs> arts and crafts. I go and talk to them in their rooms, just one-on-one. -on -one. You know, there's so many of our elderly who sit in their room and they're not mobile and they're not able to come out and engage with the general population. So I go and I visit them one by one just to have a conversation, just to say, hi, how are you? Just to lay my hand on theirs and let them know that there's somebody here that cares about them, that loves them. Obviously, they've got family family member and the support of the nursing staff, but mm, yeah. my role as a lifestyle officer is the role that Jimmy told me about when I was a medical student on that last day. Yeah, going all the way back to medical school. 
going all the way back to that night where he said, you know what, we couldn't have gotten through this without you here making this a better experience for all of us. Hmm. Wow, what a what a story. I mean, here for for a lot of people, somebody who's wired differently, being a successful doctor would be a good thing. But for you yes. being wired as a creative soul, uh yes. it was a terrible thing. It was uh, basically yeah. a round peg in a square hole. And, yes, and, and, it was. You know, it wasn't working out for you. But now you're finally you're uh, a round peg in a round hole. <laughs> I am, and oh my goodness, I'm just so grateful and thankful, and I I thank God every single day. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. You know, before I get out of bed, before I open my eyes, when I have that first moment of awareness, mm-hmm. the first thought that comes into my head is. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for helping me take each breath every day. Thank you for helping me give and serve and share with the world my story and mm. hope that somehow, somehow I'm going to be bringing people closer to their own perfect love. You know, everybody's perfect love isn't going to be the same yeah. as yours and yeah. mine. And that's okay. And and that is fine. But what I am trying to get, I guess, the message you know, in the book and now for me as a human being in this world, in this life, is just like step into your authentic self, mm. know who you are, love who you are, know that you're worthy and you have something to offer and to give to another soul who's mm. in need and who's crying out for help. You may be that one person that brings another person closer to God. Amen. Now, God wired you individually. That's true. So he knows, you know, what you need to have that fulfillment, to have that joy and passion that you're having right now. Yes. He knows that. He knows the desires of your heart. He'll give you the desires of your heart if you turn your life over to him. Over to him. And that is it. And now you're doing that. You know, I was going to say that uh, here you were, this big time doctor kind of telling people what to do. I mean, you're a doctor, you're in charge. You tell the nurses and your assistants what to do. Yes, absolutely, all the time. People tell you what to do. So that that's very humbling. You're you're kind of the lowest person on the totem pole. Is that right? I am. And you know what, Eric, this is gonna sound funny, but maybe not. I think, like I said, I'm not perfect. I am human, right? Mm -hmm. But I acknowledge that I have this power within me that comes from something far greater than me. And it is through that power. Well, it's God working through you, in other words. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. And it is through that that I now find my own personal sense of joy and satisfaction Mm -hmm. and contribution to the world. In serving others. Yes, in serving others. I have far less now than I had those first couple of years after I graduated from medical school and got out of debt. You know, I live a very standard life. I walk around in $5 dresses that I bought at the Choice (laughs) Discount Store. (laughs) You know, I don't spend extravagantly. I don't need a lot. Mm. Um, I have a beautiful family. I have two gorgeous daughters, and now I have a gorgeous soon-to-be husband and his beautiful daughter. And I have the people that I serve on a daily basis around me. I have food, I have water, I have my health, and I've got the word of Jesus in my head on a daily basis. Mm. I really live a blessed life. I live on the beautiful Sunshine Coast of Queensland. I don't make millions of dollars. And you know what? For those people who do, amen. 
one. I'm so happy that you do. And I pray and hope that you're using that in ways that are to the benefit of others and um, uplifting other souls Mm -hmm. through the wealth that you've created. But I've found what my gifts and my talents are, and I'm using them now in what I believe is the best way possible, Mm -hmm. which is touching individual lives that I come in contact with on a daily basis and infusing them. (laughs) And I mean with a big jolt. <laughs> a, a big sherry so hall much, jolt a big sherry hall jolt of love and that is you the go girl <laughs> right right that's the final word for me is love yourself love god love your neighbor and try to do the best that you can do and be the best human that you can be every single day and that's it for me well it sounds like you're rich in love i am <laughs> And of course, Jesus said, if you're my disciple, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free and you'll have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I'm hearing from you, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) You you are absolutely hearing that from me. And I'll tell you what, you know, whether people read the book or not, whether they hear the music or not, I know that there is a bigger plan in place for mm. my life, one that has been, you know, ordered. There, There is a destiny for me. And I know that each day I am serving that purpose. I am serving the will of God because that's what he planned for me. I may not have known the details of the mm. steps along the way. Yep. I may not have been able to see the next turn or what's around the corner. But you know what? I can walk forward without doubt in my head Mm -hmm. and with an unshakable faith that he's got my back. And I know that if I give the glory to him and I praise him and I lift my life up to his his hands, to his caring, big, beautiful, holy hands, you know, that it's going to be good and it's going to be right and I'm going to be okay. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Sherry Hall. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much, Eric, and thank you to the listeners. That's the music of our guest today, Sherry Hall, who's the author of the book, Perfect Love, One Woman's Journey from Flesh to Faith, a musical memoir. To find out more about her music and her book, you can go to her website. It's sherryhall.com. That's sherry, S-H-A-R-I, hall.com. It's wonderful to hear how Sherry is finally doing what she loves to do and what she was designed by her Heavenly Father to do. All this while bringing joy to others through her music and bubbly personality. I just love her contagious enthusiasm. Well, how about you? Is there something that the Lord has been tugging your heart to do for years that you know you'd really enjoy doing? Why not try it out today? It doesn't have to be all at once. Just maybe take some small steps towards that goal each day. And who knows? You may be able to brighten people's lives with your special gift, like Sherry is doing now. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Sherry's story and her wonderful happy ending. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. 
Next time on The Story. So we had an idea just to climb up this waterfall and jump off, as we did, and we were running out and jumping off, and when I did my second attempt, I slipped as I was going out, like jumping out, and I lost my footing. And if I hit the rock wall, I would have probably bounced and been fine. If I was probably another foot out, I maybe wouldn't have hit the shallow sand. But unfortunately, I came straight down like a pole, and that's when your, your vertebrae collide, and that breaks your vertebrae. Glenn Cairns was 19 years old and living in Papua New Guinea when a tragic event occurred that changed his life forever. However, despite numerous setbacks and huge challenges, Glenn just keeps on serving the Lord and serving others in remarkable ways. We'll hear Glenn's inspiring story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.